Welcome to Living the Good Life Podcast, where we bring you messages, thoughts, and advice for living the good life. Today's message is brought to us by Brother Larry Dishman. We'll ask you to take your Bibles and turn with us over to the book of Matthew 23, 36. Verily I say unto you, all these things shall come upon this generation. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee. How often I would have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. Then I would turn over and read in the book of Luke, chapter 19, beginning at verse number 37. We was come nigh even unto the descent of Mount of Olives. The whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for, for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. And he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. And when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it, saying, If thou hast known, even thou at least in this thy day the things which belong to thy peace, but now they're hid from thine eyes. For the days shall come that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee, compass thee round, keep thee in on every side and shall lay thee even with the ground and thy children within thee. They shall not leave in thee one stone upon another, because thou knowest not the time of thy visitation. He went into the temple and he began to cast out them that sold therein and that bought, saying unto them, It is written, My house is the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And he taught them daily in the temple, but the chief priests and scribes and the chief of the people sought to destroy him. My message this morning deals with the subject, I would, but ye would not. We find in our passage of Scripture, blessed be the king among those crowds waving branches and shouting Hosanna were those offering sincere affection to Jesus Christ. But the expression and adoration of many others were hollow and phony. Kings can be fooled. They can be convinced that insincere praise is genuine. Some kings seem glad to fool themselves into thinking that all praise is genuine. But Jesus is not fooled. Jesus is only honored by genuine praise and adoration. Now I wonder what we're bringing to the Lord this morning. Is it genuine praise and adoration? Are you gladly giving your very best sincere adoration to him? He knows whether we are or whether we're not. Jesus sees the people, people who call his name, but they're not loyal to him. People going through the motions of religion, but lacking in the power of God. People who talk ethical behavior, but don't practice the presence of God. 
people who know the law, but do not obey the spirit of the soul. When Jesus approached Jerusalem, he saw the city. He wept over it. Why did Jesus weep here? His love for them people moved the Son of God to actually weep. Jesus wept because these beloved people insisted on looking everywhere for peace but to him. Jesus' tears were because he did know what was ahead for each one of them. They were oblivious to their own condition, but Jesus knew their condition very well. In the same way, saints, our pillows should be wet with tears. Our hearts should ache because of the lostness of our family members, because of the lostness of our neighbors and friends. Jesus draws near the city and he sees more. He sees hatred and meanness and violence and crime and disrespect for elders. He sees young children being abused. He draws near the city, but he has to stop because he's weeping. I wonder sometimes why does he weep for us? He weeps because as he draws near, we don't feel the thrill of his presence. He weeps because as he draws near, he sees our pious words, but he knows we reject him in our hearts. He weeps because he knows we live our lives by our wits and not by our faith. He weeps because he knows we're motivated by our dislikes and not by his love. And he weeps because we're anxious and fretful instead of being confident in the love of Jesus. Then the scripture that so vividly stands out in my mind saying, thou hast known even thou at least in this thy day, the things which belong to thy peace. But now they're hid from mine eyes. The day's going to come. Your enemies is going to cast a trench about thee. It's going to keep you in on every side. When Titus' army gets through, there's not going to be one stone left upon another. God has terms for peace. Someone said, what I got to do, Brother Larry, to have peace? You have to stop insisting on ignorance and face the truth. Without faith in Christ, you're a lost sinner, incapable of winning your own redemption. Stop resisting him. Reach out to him. Receive the grace that he offers and you can have real peace, a deep peace in your soul. Accept his sacrifice in your place. You can't pay off the penalty of your own sins. And you don't have to suffer the consequences of your own sin because he already did. All those people needed for peace was standing right in front of them and they couldn't see it. They couldn't understand it. You know why? Because Jesus failed to meet their expectations. 
They wanted to be delivered from the Romans and Jesus wanted to deliver them from their sins. They wanted a king to sit on David's throne, but Jesus wanted to sit on the throne of their heart. They wanted to experience political freedom, but Jesus wanted to give them spiritual freedom. They wanted him to establish an earthly kingdom, but Jesus instead established his spiritual kingdom. They wanted to have peace, but they missed peace. And because they didn't have peace, they suffered unhappiness in the present, in the future, and throughout eternity. There's nothing more miserable than not knowing Jesus as Savior and Lord. Why? Because when we don't know Jesus, we're anxious, we're stressed, and unhappy. The reason so many of you don't have peace is because you don't know Jesus. Friend, if you want to be truly happy and know real peace of mind, you need to know today you're not going to find peace at the bottom of a bottle. You're not going to find peace at the end of a joint. You're not going to find peace in a pill. You won't even find peace in the arms of another person. You can only find peace by knowing Jesus personally. And he said, if thou hadst known, oh, if you would have just known the things which belong to thy peace, you don't need wine to make you shine. You don't need whiskey to make you frisky. You just need the love of Jesus in your heart and in your life. The people could have known truth, but truth was hid from their eyes. So why was truth hid from their eyes? Was it God? No. What was the devil? I'm sure the devil had his part in it. But they were blind because... They were the guilty party. They closed their eyes to the truth. Truth was before them, right in front of them. And they looked into the eyes of truth and did not recognize him. They had the prophecies of the Old Testament, but they interpreted those prophecies like they wanted to interpret them. The question before us this very moment is, are we too foolishly ignorant? Do we know truth? Do we know why we believe what we believe? Do we really know the true and living God? Do we know how to worship God? The time of their visitation. The word translates visitation carries with it the thought of someone in authority carrying out an inspection Jesus came to inspect the house of Israel and he weighed them in the balances and he found them wanting. Oh, that destruction of Jerusalem was terrible according to Josephus. Verse number 43, for the day shall come and that day come. People talking about the great tribulation, Jesus said there's never been a tribulation like this before this time and there never will be one like this again. This is the destruction, the great tribulation that the Bible talks about. 
Thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee, compass thee round about, keep thee in on every side. While the people rejoice, Jesus saw the awful future judgment of the Romans when they would destroy the city. He knew that the shouts of praise would turn into shouts of war. The cries of Hosanna would become the cries of fear. The streets now covered with palm branches would soon be covered with their blood and the blood of their children. Jesus saw the awful future of these people. Oh, they said, Hosanna! But inside many churches today that cry Hosanna is people who insist on ignoring peace, persist in rebellion, and exist in apathy as the consequences. The truth is, there's no future without Jesus. Rejecting Jesus makes you vulnerable. You open yourself up to God's enemies when you resist the Holy Spirit. All of us one day will be subject to God's inspection. Just like the house of Israel will we too be weighed in the balances and found wanting. I'm going to give you six reasons why Jesus wept. Jesus wept because he knew those sinners would soon perish. It was ignorance, willful ignorance. He said, if thou hast known, even thou at least in this thy day, the things which belong to thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. The Lord Jesus knew that they would refuse to know him because he knew what was in man. Sinners become complacent. They think they're okay. These people didn't know that they were lost. They didn't realize they were dead in trespasses and sins. They didn't know that they were helpless. They didn't know that they were hopeless. They didn't know that they were headed for a devil's hell. They didn't know that their only hope of salvation was the Lord Jesus Christ. Because they didn't know, because they wouldn't know, because they refused to know, Jesus wept. It's needful. Somebody weeps for these sinners this morning. We gotta weep, saints. Secondly, he wept at the thought of what those sinners had lost. He said, all the things which belong to thy peace. I think about people that leave this world unprepared to meet God and go into a lost eternity. They'll be able to look back at this life and say, oh, what might have been had I responded to the gospel? Oh, what could have been if I would have just said yes, if I hadn't resisted the Holy Ghost of all the words of tongue or pen. The status are these, what might have been. And that's what Jesus was saying. If thou hast known, if you could have just seen the things which belong to that peace, now they're hid from thine eyes. It's too late for you. Your heart is blinded. You're deaf to God. Yes, friend, this city which had known so much 
heard so much, rejected peace. How sad. The Prince of Peace wept. He wept because he knew where they were headed. He knew that in less than a week's time that these people were going to crucify him. He wasn't weeping for himself. He was weeping for them. I asked you this morning, will you forfeit your chance of peace by rejecting the Savior? Thirdly, in addition to weeping for what they lost, he wept for who was lost. As his tear-filled eyes swept over the city, the Lord Jesus Christ saw the city. But what is a city? A city is people. A city is men, women, boys and girls. The Lord Jesus preached to the multitudes. He fed the multitudes. He ministered to the multitudes. But he never lost sight of the fact that multitudes are individual people who have individual needs, who need an individual Savior. He loved them individually, just like he loves us individually. And his heart was broken over their individual condemnation. Likewise, I believe Jesus is looking down here this morning. He's looking at individuals who are without God, without peace. You're not some mass of humanity to him. He shouldn't be some indistinct, fuzzy thing to use. As he looked upon them with a heart's desire, he looked upon them with a heart's desire, and he wept because he knew they were rejecting him. Will the Savior's heart rejoice as you repent this morning with godly sorrow? While you believe on him from your heart, and repent. Will he rejoice or will he weep this morning because one more time you told him no? The fourth reason he wept is because of their neglected opportunities. My spirit shall not always strive with man. They had been warned by Enoch. They had been warned by Noah. Then the opportunity to respond to Noah's preaching passed. And the flood came and swept them all away, except Noah and his family. Neglected opportunity resulted in ruination for millions. The Bible says in Revelation 2, 21, I gave her space to repent of her fornication, but she repented not. In this case, neglected opportunity resulted in the ruination for these people. God deals with many. He always deals with many by dealing with one person at a time. And God would deal with you. I believe he is. Will he weep because he looks in his omnipotence and he sees you're going to continue to reject him. What will you do with your opportunity to be saved from your sins. Will you come to Jesus so tears could be turned into rejoicing? Will you reject him still? 
fifth reason our Savior wept over their blindness. But now Jesus says, they are hid from thine eyes. They had refused to see. And so God blinded them. That's what happened before. Remember Pharaoh, he hardened his heart. And then God hardened his heart. Let me tell you something, sinner friend. You can say no to God. You can do like you've done for years. You can resist him. But God's going to have the last word. He had the last word with Pharaoh. You may have the last word with your wife. You may have the last word with your husband. But you're not going to have the last word with God. God always has and he always will have the last word. Will you refuse to see and then is God going to blind you forever? Will you refuse to hear till you become deaf? Will you harden your heart? Till God says, hey, he's like Pharaoh. She's like Pharaoh. They've hardened their heart long enough. I'm going to harden their heart. Does a man not want to retain God in his knowledge? Will he suppress the truth of God? Will he refuse to obey God? After time, God gives him over to a reprobate mind. Jesus wept over their blindness. He wept over their reprobation. Their opportunity was past. What about you? I believe Jesus is weeping because of your blindness. What had begun as the God of this world blinding the minds of them which believe not became the blindness of God's judgment because of their refusal to see what they could have seen. Last but not least, my Lord Jesus Christ wept because he knew their destiny. He saw their destiny. He saw something worse than the destruction of Jerusalem. He saw them being cast into the lake of fire. That, my friend, is why my Lord and my Savior begin to weep. Oh, the tragedy. Oh, the heartache of a man who's been created in God's image after God's likeness so he can have communion with God ends up being alienated from God. Now these people who had had every imaginable opportunity knew not the time of their visitation and they was lost forever. Think of it. To them had been committed the oracles of God. To them had been committed the promises of God. To them had been committed and given the prophets of God. Through them, God had sent his beloved son. To them, God sent the Holy Spirit. Yet because they rejected his son, they also rejected God. When they rejected God, there was no other means for them to be reconciled to God. The end result could only be hell. And that is why Jesus wept. As he wept for Jerusalem, will he weep for you? For years, they had been trifling with God's judgment, courting God's wrath. My friends, I can't help but think how much you sinners remind me of these people. Seemingly, it's parallel. 
God's been here, but you can't recognize it. The Holy Spirit's been dealing with your heart, but you're doing just like them people did. Evidently, you must not know the time of your visitation. My friends, you've seen the compassion of the Lord, his great love for sinners, his broken heart for those who would not be saved. Why resist him any longer? As he rode over the top of the Mount of Olives and looked over the city, he knew the vast majority of those people were going to be lost in the devil's hell throughout the ceaseless ages of eternity. Will you refuse to come to Christ? Will you miss your opportunity to be converted? They missed their opportunity. Will you say as Felix, when I have a convenient season, I'll call for you. What will become of you? Why don't you come to Christ before it's too late? Don't ignore the real source of peace. Jesus weeps for you if you insist on looking everywhere but to him for real peace. You will not know peace as long as you resist the real Jesus. Thank you for listening. If you found this message helpful, please share this episode with your friends on Facebook, Messenger, or your favorite social media. If you have questions or suggestions, please message us on Facebook by searching Living the Good Life Show. A big thank you to Sister Rachel Fowler for all of her editing expertise. Until next time, keep living the good life.